Cleveland County 911. I don't know if I should have called this in or not, but... What's going on? If I'd have a camera, I'd take a picture of it. Take a picture of who? I don't know what, I don't know what it was. He's walking upright like a man. I would not kill it because I was afraid to. But he went back up the mountain. Kamasava. Coming to you from the gator-infested swamps of southern Louisiana, deep in the heart of Cajun country, you are listening to the Bigfoot Gumbo Podcast, where we focus on topics like cryptids, the paranormal, and UFOs. But to mix it up, we will also cover things like current events, entertainment, food, and mysteries. From Bigfoot to Boudin, we got you covered like a big pot of gumbo. This is episode 24 of Bigfoot Gumbo. I'm so glad you tuned in. We are now being heard in 15 countries, which is fantastic. And out of nowhere, the state of Ohio has jumped into third place behind Texas and California as our biggest audiences in the U.S. So thanks to all of our new listeners in Ohio. I'm glad you are now part of the audience. Please keep spreading the word and telling your friends about Bigfoot Gumbo. I really appreciate it. I have a great show lined up for you, including an actual Bigfoot encounter submitted by a listener. But first up, some news and my honest opinion on current events to get things stirred up. In Louisiana news, it was reported The mayor of New Orleans, LaToya Cantrell, who took office in 2018, allegedly has some big tax problems. She owes the IRS more than $95,000. That's from unpaid taxes during a six-year period. As a result, the IRS has placed multiple liens on the home Cantrell and her husband own. I'm really surprised these facts didn't come out before she was elected. I'm not sure how this will affect her in the future, but it's definitely not a good situation for her. How can she ask the people of New Orleans to pay taxes when she doesn't? A typical New Orleans politician? You decide. My favorite show on television at the moment is Paranormal Caught on Camera. 
It comes on Wednesdays at 8 central and is in its second season on the Travel Channel. I've seen some great videos sent in by witnesses, including some great Bigfoot and UFO footage. So check it out if you like great paranormal videos. What can be better than that, right? Okay, so do any of you out there use the Waze app while driving? It's a GPS navigation app which helps you find the best route, helps you avoid traffic, and alerts you when cops are around, which is great for someone who speeds like you. I'm just kidding. But I found the most exciting thing about the app is when you get a roadkill alert. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, it makes you perk up. You're thinking like, what could be coming up? What kind of dead animal am I going to see? And here in Louisiana, it could be anything from deer to alligators, which I've seen many times. You just never know. It's like a box of chocolates. So send me an email and let me know what kind of roadkill you've witnessed while using your Waze app. That does it for our news segment. If you don't agree with my opinions, it's okay. We can still be friends. Try to be more tolerant of people who don't share your views. Now on with the show. I hope you enjoy it. Bigfoot Gumbo would love to hear from you. We are always looking for encounters you may have experienced with cryptids, the paranormal, UFOs, or anything strange. Please send us an email about your encounter and your story may appear on a future show. You can remain anonymous if necessary. Also, please help support us by joining our forum, following us on Twitter at Bigfoot Gumbo, liking us on social media, sharing us wherever you listen to your podcast, and adding us to your favorites so you never miss a show. A nice rating would also be appreciated. Thanks for your support. We're so glad you're a part of our great international audience. As I mentioned in episode 23, it's Mardi Gras season in Louisiana, which also means it's king cake time. Now I know some of you are saying, king cake? What is king cake? So just be patient and I'll tell you, you're not going anywhere, so just relax. Take a deep breath. Okay, good. So the tradition of king cakes is believed to have started out roughly 300 years ago in France as a dry French bread type dough with sugar on top and a bean inside. Now it comes in many varieties depending on the country. The king cake takes its name from the biblical kings. In the United States, carnival is traditionally observed 
in the southeastern region of the country, particularly in New Orleans and many small towns in southeastern Louisiana like Thibodeau and Homa. It's also celebrated in Bay St. Louis, Mobile, Pensacola, Galveston, and other towns and cities of the Mississippi Gulf Coast. In these regions, the king cake is closely associated with Mardi Gras traditions and is served throughout the carnival season, which lasts from Epiphany Eve to Fat Tuesday. The king cake tradition is thought to have been brought to New Orleans from France in 1870. Now as a part of the celebration, it is traditional to bake a king cake in honor of the three kings. The official colors of Mardi Gras created in 1872 by the crew of Rex are purple for justice, green for faith, and gold for power. These are the typical colors for king cakes in Louisiana. The king cake of the Louisiana tradition comes in a number of styles. The most simple, said to be the most traditional, is a ring of twisted cinnamon roll-style dough. It may be topped with icing or sugar, which may be colored to show the traditional Mardi Gras colors of green, yellow, and purple. King cakes may also be filled with additional fillings, the most common being cream cheese, praline, cinnamon, or strawberry. In the Southern culture, whoever finds the trinket must provide the next king cake or host the next Mardi Gras party. In Louisiana, a little plastic baby used to be placed inside the cake and everyone would try to avoid getting the baby in their slice so they wouldn't have to buy the next cake. Nowadays, the baby is being placed outside the cake because of the choking potential and lawsuits that might result from this. Hundreds of thousands of king cakes are eaten in New Orleans and the surrounding area during the carnival season, and I do enjoy eating king cake around Mardi Gras. I get a craving for them this time of year. King cakes have always been popular in Louisiana, but I think they've become even more popular in the last 20 years for some reason. Every bakery in the area takes advantage of their popularity during Mardi Gras. I know one bakery in Metairie, Louisiana that has people waiting in lines two blocks long for hours to get their king cakes. Personally, I think this is kind of ridiculous because so many bakeries offer them and I find them all pretty similar. But I guess some people feel a few bakeries offer a better cake. I just don't think it's worth waiting in long lines for them. But if you've never had a king cake, I recommend you try some the next time you're down in Louisiana during Mardi Gras. You definitely won't have trouble finding one. They are delicious and worth a try. Just remember not to get the baby.
Okay, everyone, I'm really excited about this next story. It's an actual Bigfoot encounter submitted to Bigfoot Gumbo by one of our listeners. It was sent in by Paul, and I hope you enjoy it. Paul writes, My encounter happened in North Carolina around 12 years ago, but my wife and I can recall it like it was yesterday. We took our kids to our friend's house to play with their kids, and we were going to have dinner and play a few games of spades. When we left to go home, the kids had fallen asleep, so we put them in the van. On the way home, at the end of our friend's road, we stopped to make sure nothing was coming. On our left was a field with a small patch of woods behind it, On our right, there was a small patch of land with some very small pines that led into some woods. I believe they are putting a subdivision in there now. Across the road was undeveloped land, not really woods, just nothing really, high weeds and dirt. We looked right, left, and got ready to turn right and then a creature walked right in front of the van. We didn't see it when we looked that way, didn't see it till it was right in front of the van, I mean right in front. It wasn't big, only about five foot. My wife is only five foot one, and it wasn't any taller than her. It didn't look at us, it was like we were not there. We watched the creature walk in front of us into the patch of land headed for the woods, and it was gone. I looked at my wife, and she looked at me. She said, what the was that? I said, I'm glad you saw it. I thought I was losing my mind. It was a reddish-type auburn color with long arms and walked not straight like we do but more hunched over. Not a tremendous hunch, its legs seemed to be shorter than humans. We couldn't see its whole face, only a side view. What we could see was that its face was like an ash gray color. Its nose was not like an ape nose, but not like ours either. Its hair was not really long, about four inches on its head, and maybe three on its arms and back. I didn't see any breasts, so I'm not sure if it was a male or an undeveloped female. We were shocked to see this in front of us. We only saw it for a second or two while it was in front of the van in the headlights. I told my wife on the way home, no one is going to believe this. I should have ran after it. I don't know what I would have done if I would have caught it. I'm assuming it was a young one, so there may have been an adult around. We sat there for a couple of minutes not saying anything, but what the hell if she would have not been there? I wouldn't have believed it myself. We called our friends when we got home, and they laughed like we were joking, so we haven't told too many people this. So there you have it folks, a brief but fascinating encounter that took place in North Carolina in 2008. 
It definitely sounds like a juvenile Bigfoot because of its size, and not chasing it was probably a good decision. I'm sure an adult was nearby. I want to thank Paul and his wife for sharing their encounter with Bigfoot Gumbo. We really appreciate it. If you have any encounters or stories you would like to share, please send me an email and it may appear on a future show. It can be about anything interesting and doesn't have to be about Bigfoot. Why keep your story a secret? Contact me today. I hope you enjoyed this encounter like I did and I'm looking forward to the next one here on Bigfoot Gumbo. I'd like to wrap up this episode with some great news and something that I hope we get more of. After 23 episodes, we finally received our first fan mail. It was actually sent in by Paul, whose Bigfoot encounter you just heard. Paul writes, Enjoy the show. Keep it up. So thanks, Paul. I'm glad you enjoy the show. That really means a lot to me. If you are listening to our podcast, send me a message and I'll read it on a future show. I always love hearing from my audience. Thanks for your support, everyone. So remember, our world is still full of mysteries. And here on Bigfoot Gumbo, we'll keep searching for the answers. That does it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed the show. Keep it spicy, everybody, and laissez le bon temps rouler. This show was produced by Faux Filet Productions.